Oh, I don't usually argue about sports, but when I do, I am usually right. Welcome back to another episode of Ernie on Sports. Today we have some really lovely topics for us to dive into. But first of all, I just want to big up everybody who is listening right now. Wherever you are, if you're at work, you're at home. You guys are beautiful. You guys are amazing. Continue to support. I appreciate it. And I, I value the feedback. Right? Because you guys, I, 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 I do this for you guys. You get me? I do this for you. Right? So, we have some really lovely topics. I want to, as you guys know, there are some really pressing things happening in the Premier League right now. Um, there seems to be a, hot, a handball crisis. You know, in the Premier League, you know, the Premier League is getting a bit handsy. You know, the players are getting a bit handsy over there, you know. See what I did there? Yeah. As you know, as I said in my trailer, you know, I'll be doing a preview of the game week coming up. I'll be doing some predictions. I'll be analyzing the matchups that are going to take place. And as I said, I'll be doing the predictions, scoreline predictions for each match. And I'll be focusing on some some interesting storylines within the Premier League. And also, I can't leave this out, guys. I can't leave this out. This is very important. Listen, listen. I want you to listen closely. The weekly fantasy fix is here. The weekly fantasy fix. I got you guys covered. Are you guys out there having anxiety attacks about your fantasy team? Which who do I cap? Oh my, who who is going to get the clean sheet? Do I swap out my Emilia Emiliano Martinez? Do I put in Allison? Guys, don't worry. I got you. And you don't know, you know, this is it is not only about football. Right sport is not only football, you get me? So what we'll be doing? I squeezed in a little basketball phone. Guys, we have to talk about King James. We have to speak about King James and the Lakers. And ask the question, are the Miami Heat overheating? Can't take the heat in the kitchen? Them say I should step out. But guess what? LeBron is cooking. So we'll be analyzing all that in today's episode. what i really like about podcasts you can actually be listening and you can be going about your daily lives you can be you know you can be washing your plate you can be driving you can be you know watching tv and you can actually listen so i really 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 enjoy speaking to you guys i really enjoy interacting with you guys and thank you for the continued support so let's get right into it guys I don't know how many people are familiar with the game Dandy Shandy. I mean, uh, you're Jamaican, you, you, at some point you play Dandy Shandy, right? So you know what Dandy Shandy is. But for those who don't know, Dandy Shandy is a game of... Um, let me just explain what it is. So you would have two people surrounding another group of people within a ring, right? The people within the ring would seek to dodge the many projectiles that are thrown by said two people. These projectiles are usually a ball. Sometimes it is a box filled with paper, whatever it be. The aim of the game is for the people within the ring to dodge as much as they can. Dodge the projectiles that are being launched at them. 
some blistering speeds. In America, it would be, it's, it's the Jamaican equivalent to dodgeball, for those who know dodgeball. So you can use that analogy, right? So, the reason why I brought up Dandy Shandy, I feel like the Premier League is becoming a game of Dandy Shandy. I feel like defenders, defenders are playing Dandy Shandy at this point. Not, not, not literally dodging the ball. But it's as if defenders have like zero chance of it's just really difficult. And I know IFAB when they when they came up with the rule, the hole, you know, from the shoulder down to the arm, and um they issued a reminder that a player cannot score a goal with their arm and so on, even if it's accidental, you know. And um an accidental handball by an attacking player or teammate will only be penalized if it occurs immediately before a goal or a goal scoring opportunity. Hence why that Kai Havertz chance that that Chelsea um equalizer to get the three all the ball struck Kai Havertz's hand. Um but Kyle Bartley actually for West Brom actually cleared the ball and then the sequence happened where Chelsea got the equalizer to Tammy Abraham. But um, the rule states, if an attacking player accidentally touches the ball with their hand or arm and then scores a goal, or the ball goes to another attacking player and then immediately scores, there's a handball offence. There's a handball offence, right? But if it is an accidental handball and the ball travels some distance via a pass or a dribble, or there are several passes before the goal or goal scoring opportunity, it is not a handball offence. Now, I don't know how many of you guys saw what happened in that Newcastle match. First of all, let me just get this. Let me just put this out there. I'm a Newcastle fan. I am. I love Newcastle. Newcastle is, is my love. Anybody ask, you can ask any of my friends right now. I, I'm a Newcastle fan. They know, they, they're going to, Ernie, Newcastle. Once you hear Ernie, Newcastle. And we were getting smoked by Tottenham. Smoked. And it was in the 90... I don't think we had a shot on target. It was in the 97th minute of the game. Cross whipped in and the Coral heads down to Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer, whose back was turned, indeed turned, the ball was headed onto his hands. Now you tell me, when you are jumping, for anybody who has done any sports, when you jump, your hands tend to, to, to flail in the air, right? And for Eric Dyer to be contesting the header and then the ball hit him on his hand. Andy Carl hit the ball down and it, 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 it touched his hand, right? And then it was cleared. For VAR, the, the, the virtual assistant referee, to, to look back and to tell the, offic- the, the main referee to, to give it a look. That was such a despicable show. On behalf of VAR and the Premier. I, I, I can't get over it. It was really bad. But guess what? Step up Callum Wilson. Step up Callum Wilson. Bag. One all. Newcastle got a result. But guess what? No complaints here. But I feel like... I hope I hope the FA... I hope the Premier League take, takes time... To really 
make a ruling on this because I don't want them to rush it. If they rush it, they might make it worse. It's a it's a very sticky, sticky um situation. Let me just dive into this week's fixtures, right? And um, very interesting points, uh, very interesting matches, I should say. Um, let me just start. Chelsea against Palace. Now, Chelsea has been going through a little. I don't. What, what should I call it? Transitioning or or. Uh, you know, you know, a caterpillar is in a cocoon. You know, a caterpillar makes its cocoon and then you, it goes through the process. It turns into a chrysalis and so on, and then a butterfly comes out. That is what I think is happening with Chelsea. You know, it, 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 it's easy to to bash Lampard. Um, you know, second year as coach, actually just got the transfers that he made himself. You know, very expensive transfers as well. But we need to give him time. Uh, listen. The man team full of injury. Guys, let's be patient with him. No excuse for Thiago Silva what he did against West Brom. No excuse for Marcos Alonso. What they did, Kepa's poor performances, yeah. It's not entirely on Kepa though, but you have to cost somebody. You have to cost somebody. And the easiest names to call are... Well, <laughs> it's ironic. The easiest names to call are Kepa Ariza, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Arisa Balaga and um, Frank Lampard but I mean it's much deeper than that but this this, this Chelsea teams are work in progress and I I, I have Chelsea winning 2-0 against Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace is a they can't they can't they, 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 I don't I'm not a big fan of teams sitting back and hitting on the counter the way that Palace does with the with the two banks of four and the two forwards, Zaha and Ayu, but I must I must commend um those two midfielders that Crystal Palace have, James McCarthy and James McCarthy. Funny, those two are very hardworking. I think they are what makes Palace quick. I think they are the key to Palace's um tactics, I guess. And um that 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 youngster Tyreek Mitchell, Ty Tyreek Mitchell, is very good. Very good defensively. Going forward is poor, but he's very good defensively. Look for Patrick Van Aanholt to make his his return soon. But yeah, I have Chelsea two love. So that's for the first game. Secondly, I have Everton Brighton. After you want to Everton, I'll be die. I'll, I'll be speaking about Everton really soon. But Brighton, Brighton, good team. They play decent football. But oh, Brighton centre backs are really good. They're 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 really some dominant center backs they they lapse at times but they are really imposing and um they're really good especially the midfield as well um graham potter has been doing really well tyreek lamptey can't stop talking about this right back really good man so i have three one everton i'm his rodriguez masterclass leeds against city very interesting because apparently guardiola and bielsa has some history because i heard that guardiola actually consulted with Bielsa at some point in his career as like a mentor-mentee relationship and look at them now coming back to face each other again I think Bielsa was the manager of Athletic Bilbao at one point and he played against Guardiola in La Liga but uh, I have I have City winning 2-1 mainly because Leeds attack will not be the same without Jack Harrison Jack Harrison 
is one of the main cogs in that system that Bielsa use. And he can't play against his parent club. For those who don't know, Jack Harrison is a Manchester City player who is on loan at Leeds. But interesting points about Leeds. Leeds actually have the most distance travelled and the most sprints in the league. They have the most long balls in the league. Completed long balls, that is. And um, they are a very attacking squad. And if you know anything about <laughs> Guardiola coach teams, they're not really that good defensively. But, and I'll, I'll be saying a, a, a bit about City soon. And but but um I go I think Leeds are going to really miss Jack Harrison, and um I think Man City will be boosted by the return of Bernardo Silva. He played midweek. I don't know if he's going to start over Foden, but I have City winning three one. Newcastle Burnley, yeah I'm going to pick Newcastle. You know that. I have Newcastle winning. Two love at home against Burnley. Ugh, Burnley. <laughs> um, Leicester City and West Ham. Leicester going bag them up, guys. Let's be real. Leicester City is a is a really impressive team. I think they will learn from last season and their um slip ups. But I just want to I just want to I just want to focus on one player in particular. Yuri Tillemans. I can't you see what Yuri Tillemans does doesn't show up on the on the, on the you know on the box score that much. You won't see Yuri Tillemans goal, Yuri Tillemans assist. You won't see it that much. But what he offers is priceless to that team. He he is he is somewhat he can be compared his influence can be compared to that of of a of a Gundogan you know that midfielder that keeps things ticking he's, he's creative you know um, you know how Liverpool has that has those midfielders who don't really get much assists and goals but what they do is prices to the team trust me without Yuri Tillemans I don't think Leicester would make it very far Tillemans should not be overlooked and um, there's that there, there seems to be an uprise of Belgian players in the league you know Timothy Castagna Tillemans Dennis Pratt you know, Leandro Trossard from Brighton, Kevin De Bruyne, everybody knows about KDB. You know, Leandro Dendonka from Wolves. There there are some really good Belgian players within the Premier League. Right? Leicester City 3 love. Yeah. Southampton West Brom. Um Danny Ings is the it seems like the only the catalyst of Southampton's attack. So um West Brom have the worst defence in the league. They have conceded the most goals. So I have Southampton winning. 2-1 yeah but watch out for that Southampton high line it is very dangerous but the only, the only drawback is West Brom is led up top by Callum Robinson guys I, I have watched Callum Robinson last year at Sheffield United Callum Robinson <laughs> Callum Robinson is kind of a scrub I mean he scored two great goals he scored two good goals at Chelsea but Callum Robinson is kind of a scrub and that's no that's no yeah, he's a scrub. Arsenal, Sheffield have Arsenal winning one love. That game will be relatively boring. Uh, both Arsenal is very solid defensively these days, thanks to Mikel Arteta. And Sheffield, <laughs> Sheffield and this whole um, five at the back, three at the back, with balls into the box to McBurney. 
and McGoldrick and now they have Ollie Burke to add pace and they had um Lise Mousset last year. And I heard they signed Ryan Brewster. Let us see, but mm mm. This whole this whole playing overload wings for, 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 for Sheffield, overlapping with Basham and, and sometimes O'Connell, overlapping centre backs. It took it took the league by storm last year, but guys, you have to adapt in the Premier League. So I have Arsenal winning one love. I don't see Arsenal scoring that much goals on Sheffield. Wolves and Fulham, 3-1 Wolves. I don't need to say much about Fulham's defence. I don't need to say much about Fulham's defence. And Wolves, Wolves definitely will bounce back after being whacked at West Ham. So, the next game is my new Spurs. I have Spurs winning 2-1. You know what you're going to get from Mourinho, but Ole is a big question mark. I actually pray that Ole stays at Manchester United, just so they can still, just so they can stay as a top, as a sixth and fourth, fifth place team. Honestly, because Ole is not the man for the job. If you don't know that by now, you're either de- you're either delusional, in denial, or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you if you drink if you drink like overnight rice water or something. But it, 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 Ole is not the man for the job. But anyway, I have two one Spurs. Uh, I believe I believe Spurs will definitely hit Manu on the counter. I'm not sure of Son's availability. I hear this fit, but Son or no Son, I have Spurs winning. Right, so um, Villa Liverpool, interesting game. Villa is perfect; they haven't lost yet, um, mainly due to some really good defensive showings. I mean, Tyrone Mings and Kansa is doing well, and um, that new signing Matty Cash is a is a very energetic player. But Villa's backline is is susceptible on the right side. That's their left back. Matt Target. Matt Target is yet to pass three tackles in the Premier League. Three tackles as a left back. Anyway, Liverpool is going to is going to run them to wreck, especially on that right side where Matt Target is. Trent Alexander Arnold and Salah operate over there. You know what you're going to get from Trent. You know what you're getting from Salah. So, yeah. But Emi Martinez, the only reason. The only reason Villa might get a result out of this is Emi Martinez. A very good goalkeeper. Very good. Very good. He's very good. So, look out for that. Liverpool 3-1. So, yeah. Those are my predictions. I'll be going into some of the storylines now. So, here we go. I just want to zero in on Carlo Ancelotti's Everton team and how great they are doing because when you watch the game they are so fluent and they are so dynamic in their attack they, they line up as a 4-3-3 with James Rodriguez on the right Richarlison left Calvert at top we know the midfield Alan Decore and Andre Gomes we know the back line but when they attack it's almost as if it shifts it shapeshifts into a diamond type midfield where 
where Alan is a holding, Ducori and Gomez are the midfielders. James Rodriguez, he floats inside to operate right behind Calvert-Lewin thereabout. And you know, Richardson cuts in to get to, 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 you know, get, get to support Calvert. And it, when, they, when they get narrow, it's almost as if they play a 4-1-2-1-2. And it's... It, I mean, Seamus Coleman and, and Lucas Dini, you know, you know what they are. You know what they do. Especially Lucas Dini, who is, who is topping the charts and, and, and crosses. He's in the top five. You know, I, I just want to read some stats about Everton for you. And I don't always bring up the stats, but when I do... They make sense. They always make sense. Guys, listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah, voila, voila. This I get see. Cut, cut the music. Cut, cut the music. Cut the music. Cause I want you guys to hear this. Listen to me carefully. Everton are fourth in shots in the league. They are third in tackles. They are second in overall passes in the league. They are fourth in completed long balls. They are fifth in crosses. They are fourth in corners taken. They have two players in the top ten for shots. That's Dominic Calvert Lewin. And no, sorry, Dominic Calvert Lewandowski. Because he's balling right now. And Richardson, they are top ten in shots, both of them. They are fifth and si- they have two players who are fifth and sixth in tackles respe- respectively those two players are in fifth alan we know what alan is but listen to this richarlison is sixth in tackles did you just hear what i said richarlison is sixth in tackles this guy has been working hard off the ball right and another interesting stat, they have, the in the top three, for passes made, they have two of the top three. One of those players, one of those players in the top three is a Liverpool player, Virgil van Dijk. The other two players, in first, Michael Keane, passes in the league, Michael Keane. And third is Yeremina. You tell me now if this isn't a different team. When you watch them, when you read about what they're doing, when you look at the stats, they are third in position in the Premier League behind Manchester City and Man- they are tied with Manchester United. 57% possession. They have a higher possession percentage than Barcelona, ladies and gentlemen. They are 15th in Europe for possession. Guys, guys, this team is real. This team is real. Ancelotti, Ancelotti is, 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 he's doing, he's doing the dirt. This team is coming. Guys, this team is coming. Guys, I just think it's really, it's really amazing. And when I think about it, Ancelotti seems to have doubled down on Klopp's ideas. I'm just assuming here. But when you look at the structure of Everton's team, 
the starting eleven and what they do, what each of them do, he has created somewhat of a midfield synonymous with Liverpool. You have the stability, the anchor, you have Fabinho. Alan seems to play that role. You know, you have the energy, the energizer bunny, the, the, the engine of the midfield. So Jordan Henderson on the, on the right side who plays the box to box. The core is similar to that. That energy and that, you know, that effort and athleticism. And then you have Andre Gomes, who's not really the Wijnaldum type player, but he's that player who can pick passes, he switches the field well, he, he's cool on the ball. It's it's just and then and then he focuses on full back play and the attack the attack is, is central around the three up front. The three up front, he focuses on the three up front. Guys Ancelotti is up to something and it is scary. It is absolutely scary, guys. I know I know Michael Keane and Yeremina aren't the best centre backs, but Michael Keane seems to be playing playing and I'm using I'm doing this based off of you know the the, the fact that they are playing out of the back, they are starting the attacks through him, especially Michael Keane having the most passes in the league, whether it be you know, short passes or whatever it may be, they are playing to him. If you have the most passes in the league, that means you are receiving the ball and you are passing a lot. You are passing it a lot. Trust me, I'm, I think they signed Ben Godfrey from Norwich. Very good centre-back, young guys. Merseyside is getting scary. I just want to focus on one piece of business that Manchester City did recently. Um, they signed centre-back from the Portuguese league, Portuguese international, Ruben Diaz. If you if you watch the Euros, was it the Euros when Portugal won? Wow, that guy was really good. But hey, I mean, uh, coming to the Premier League, bro, it's it's a bit hard. You know, I mean, 60 mil, that's a that's a hefty price. I mean, at least you know, I pay 80 mil for some centre-back who score one bag of goal at the World Cup and then dash 80 grand, <laughs> 80,000 pound him for come be your version of the Van Dyke. Anyway, I'm not calling the name. Harry <clears throat> Maguire. But, guys, um, it's I'm a bit sceptical about Ruben Diaz. You know, I, I never really watched him at Benfica. I only saw him at Portugal. And a couple matches in Benfica when Benfica played the Europa League or when they qualified for the Champions League and fell out of the Champions League in the group stages. But I just want to call some names. You see? Because because looking back at history is very important. You know? Because you, sh- you should always learn from history. I just want to call some names. And... and I don't know if you guys are familiar with these names, but you probably will be. Victor Lindelof, David Luiz, Diogo Dalot, Paulo Ferreira, Ricardo Carvalho, Sebastian Quartes, Elia Kim Mangala, Ricardo Pereira. 
you might be wondering what these names have in common all of these players came from the portuguese league straight to the premier league of all those names i just listed how many of them how many of them you you you, you still see how many of them ha- have had great careers how many of them do you still know about you know about Lindelof but but Lindelof has been really poor for Manchester United it's no secret he has been poor he has shown signs sometimes but overall he has been poor his fault somewhat also the team and his period with Maguire you can you can debate that David Luiz he has seen some success but we all know what David Luiz is I, I don't want to get into that. We all know what David Luiz is. He has seen success, definitely. But David Luiz is an accident waiting to happen. We all know that. Diogo Dalot. Come on, guys. That, that failed project by Manchester United. I don't know what that was. But him young. Someone not really kill him. Paulo Ferreira. We all know about Chelsea and that success story. I mean, Paulo Ferreira was a really solid player. He was decent. Nothing to write home about. Sebastian Quartes, absolutely dreadful for Liverpool. Absolutely dreadful. Couldn't even start over Martin Skirt. Guys, Martin Skirt. Quartes was horrendous. Elio Kim Mangala. Guys, are you. You remember when Manchester City splashed the cash for this guy? This French guy playing for. Porto at the time and he was really good really good center back for Porto came to Manchester City he suffered some injuries here and there but overall he was he was atrocious you know what he wasn't I mean uh, Mangala is no scrub right ladies and gentlemen he's no scrub but guys Ricardo Carvalho really solid decent player good center back decent Ricardo Pereira really good solid decent Guys, of all the players I just listed, how many of them are really world class or made such a difference to their team that it was exponential or they were they were like a key cog in success for that team? Guys, Manchester City panicked. They panicked. And if you know anything about Pep Guardiola coach teams when he gets young defenders they do not improve that much guys they do not improve that much Kimmich improved because Pep was was more willing to play him in midfield sometimes and that was good that improved him but defensively I don't see where Pep Guardiola had a lasting impact on Joshua Kimmich so I am looking at this Pep signed Ake. <laughs> Man City signed Ake. Man City signed Ruben Diaz. Guys. Guys, come on. Pep is not a defensive guru. Pep, Pep needs ready-made defenders. Pep is not going to teach or develop the centre-back to become world-class or anything like that. Pep needed ready-made. I know this Koulibaly deal would not happen, you know, because of that Giorgino thing, that whole fallout with Napoli and Giorgino. And Man City, I knew that deal would not happen. But guys, I'm not saying he'll be a bust. 
but if history repeats itself Guardiola you in problems you in trouble because you're splashing the cash and these center backs Ake is decent Diaz is decent they are hit and miss center backs but we see what happens though I mean I mean it's better to have more defenders than not you know because Laporte is an injury injury prone center back so we see what happens there quickly let me just go through my fantasy team because I said as you guys know it is the weekly fantasy fix and here is my squad just want you guys to to take notice of the players I have in my squad for this game week hopefully I can go to 100 who knows I'm doing well so take these words for what they are guys in goal I have Alex McCarthy Alex McCarthy Southampton keep I know not too bad he's decent you know but there they're going against West Brom Callum Robinson I mean the only threats really for West Brom I believe are Grady Diangana and also Matteo Pereira. but hey I have Southampton maybe keeping a clean sheet. So I went with Alex McCarthy. I have Jamal Lewis of Newcastle. He should be returning from injury. He played midweek. So he should be in the back line for us. I have the duo. The combo of Castagna and James Justin. You know, really attacking fullbacks. So I'm looking to get some points there. Maybe clean sheet and attacking returns. Especially Timothy Castagna. He is... Marauding on that wing. Beautiful guy. Beautiful, beautiful player. You know? I have Shocker here. And my formation is 4-4-2. I have a fourth defender. Listen to me, guys. I added Ben Chilwell. Hey, Ernie. Yo, you know what Chilwell I go play? Hey, Ernie. You know this is a Chelsea defense. Walk. Guys. Believe me, no? You know, believe in me. Ben Chilwell, guys. Attacking returns. Clean sheet. Crystal Palace. Blank. Let's go. I have Hamesito Rodriguez, you know, against Brighton. Didn't get returns last week, but I'm sticking with him. Mo Salah. I'll be captain in Mo Salah. I mean, as I said, Matt Target against Salah on that right side. Villa, Villa. I don't think Villa stands a chance. I have Mason Greenwood against my will. <laughs> I wanted to get rid of him this week But hey He might just Hit one pass um, Hugo Lloris And Eric Dyer In that back line <laughs> Eric D- <laughs> Eric Dyer Eric Dyer Anyway Mares. I have Mares. I'm not have to say much Because that, that 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 matchup against Leeds You know Leeds Push a lot of players Up the field and um, with KDB and how surgical he is. And Mares with that knife of a of a chop. I don't know what. I don't know what he would do as a fullback. I go against Mares. Like, what are you thinking before the game? But anyway. um, Leeds push with their fullbacks. So, I mean, Mares might be one-on-one with, with um, Liam Cooper. And if you know Liam Cooper, he's, he's kind of under older side you know and Robbie Cock is on the other side you know? but Mari is going to have his day so that's what I think and Vardy and Werner yo I can't believe I never kept Vardy last week I kept team of Werner 
Ask me why. I don't know. I I thought that Werner was going to have his day at West Brom, but guess what? Hit the crossbar. And that is how fantasy goes, guys. It 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 happens. You know. So that's my fantasy team. Four four two. Let me know how your fantasy team is on my IG page and Twitter page. I'll be sending that out for you guys too. Let me know. So yeah, that has been the fantasy fix for this week. As I said, I'll be squeezing in a bit of NBA for you guys because, I mean, the NBA is still going on and we love basketball. I'm sure you love basketball too. So here are some of the storylines going on in the NBA. So Doc Rivers got fired by the Clippers. Not his fault entirely. Part of it is his fault. But his two stars quit on him. His two stars were shell of themselves. I expected Paul George to be to be pandemic P. I expected Paul George to come up short, but Kawhi... The guy that they said would take LeBron's throne, had the whole commercial thing at all. Oh, this is Kawhi Town, this is what Kawhi does, blah, blah, blah. Coming to the Clippers. Basically tell the Lakers, say, yo, me forward. Basically tell the Raptors, yo, me forward. Nope. He had them waiting for nothing. Well, Doc Rivers is gone. And um, there you go, Kawhi. There you go, PG. You got what you wanted i guess i don't know if you guys wanted that but hey you guys are a fool of fault mainly why him gone i mean you blew a 3-1 lead and you can't do that you don't do that as elite players but anyway the nba finals are going on and boy mm. i mean i know what i don't know what else you know what i see let me speak properly for this one i don't know what you guys want to see from lebron james to realize that he is the goat guys guys lebron is in year 17 come on come on guys guys year 17 how many how many athletes not not even talking about basketball how many athletes can be in can play a sport for 17 years and maintain this amount of greatness and success high level play guys LeBron is a goat. And I know many MJ apologists out there who are going to say, oh, Jordan, Jordan, 6 and 0 in the finals. Jordan tell people, say, I'm going to lock them down and him lock them down and drop 60 upon them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Jordan is a glorified scorer. That's not a knock on Jordan. But guys, LeBron is an all around player. I mean, to all it serious, God, God did have to make. Like LeBron, like be bad at something. So you know what LeBron is bad at free throws. Imagine if LeBron was good at free throws. But anyway, separate and aside from the point. Guys, the Miami Heat. This is a bad matchup for the Miami Heat. Guys, it 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 is what it is. This is a bad matchup for them. They 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 they, they have no answer for Anthony Davis. They have no answer for LeBron. Jay Crowder is a good defender. Andre Iguodala was a good defender. Still is. He's not what he was. Many back injuries and, and so on and so forth has slowed him down. And um Guys, guys, come on. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Look, I had the Miami final. I had Miami going to the finals. I had Miami. After I saw that Pacers series, I knew. Miami was going to the finals. That was the series I knew. And the reason why is because how they play defense. But listen, 
if you are familiar with basketball and you are familiar with defenses you know how a zone defense works somebody tell me why the miami Heat come out and play zone against the lakers though god i understand why though i understand i understand when you have players such as duncan robinson and you have players such as tyler hero who are liabilities on defense who cannot guard to save them life you have to hide them that's what a zone does it provides help defense but guys ain't no help defense on no anthony davis and no lebron james ain't no help defense ain't no help defense lebron is going to get a pick and roll and he's going to get a switch and he's going to be switched on to who tyler hero or duncan robinson maybe if jimmy butler take up the cha- the, the, the the challenge and try guard lebron but guys the more energy you exert on defense offensively you'll probably suffer and Bam Adebayo is a prime example of this. Bam can't manage these grown men. Bam can't manage AD. Can't manage Dwight Howard. Can't manage LeBron. Imagine you have to rotate between them three man that are guard. Imagine guarding these three monsters of men the whole night. And then who's your backup center? Kelly Olinick. Guys, the Miami Heat are outmatched. They are so outmatched and it's not even funny. I didn't know it would be like this, but I didn't know it would be this dominant. But you you add that add adding the Goran Dragic injury and the bam Adebayo's shoulder is acting up. Um that was a nasty hit by the way. But when I saw Dragic get injured and he looked back at the spot, that had some like I thought that was an Achilles because that's what happened to KD. And that's what happened to Kobe when they when they made a play and they look back at the spot like someone kicked them or something. That's usually an Achilles. But anyway, just just to keep it short, AD had 34, 5 and 9. 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 34 points. LeBron had 25, 9 and 13. Doing what he usually does. You see? And you see, you hear a stat line like that. 25, 9 and 13. And we see it and we say, wow. Decent game for LeBron. That is basically a triple double, you know. That has become the norm. That is greatness, guys. And it's easy to overlook it. I understand. It's easy to take for granted what you have and what you see. It's fine. It's fine. It happens, guys. But don't forget. The Lakers shot 39% from three. Miami shot 31 yeah, probably not going to see the Lakers shooting a 39% again because they have been struggling. If Lakers are hitting more than... If Lakers are shooting more than like 34... I think there's a stat ESPN um, posted. When the Lakers shoot over 30%, they are 15 and oh, Guys, they ain't losing no matches where they're hitting shots. That's how it is. And um, shockingly... You know, Miami was winning the paint because Miami had more points in the paint. But guess what, guys? It all comes down to who has the better players on the court. Lakers have the better players on the court. Lakers have what nobody else in the league have. LeBron. So, guys, expect this to be a gentleman sweep at rest. But we'll keep, we'll keep abreast on those injuries for Miami. And um, exposure, I don't know if you have to go man, man-to-man marking, but the zone thing not going to work. This is not Daniel Feist 
Bam Adebayo is not playing against Daniel Thais of the Celtics. He's not playing against Brook Lopez, who don't like staying at the paint because he's going to try to shoot three for the Bucks. And this is not Miles Turner, who is noticed to Miles Turner. But he's not that good. He's decent. Solid center, but he's not that good. So, Bam, these were the matchups you had. And you had a field day with them, but guess what? Here's AD. Here's Dwight. Here's JaVale. Here's LeBron. And guys... I think Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are like the poor man, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. But guys, guess what? They're young. They're... And they can't defend. Guys, it is what it is. The Miami Heat. This is a bad matchup for them. Anyway, tune into the game later and we see what happens. But watch out for King James. You know what it is. The GOAT. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for sticking with me throughout. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm open to the feedback. You guys can hit me up on IG, Twitter, any social media platforms, WhatsApp that you have. Um, let me know what you think. And this has been Ernie on Sports. And I really don't usually argue about sports. But when I do, I am usually right. Thank you. Have a good day, guys. All the best in the fantasy week. Let's see what goes. <laughs>